somebody said the other day, he's like a doctor with bad bedside manner. He's going to come to you and tell you you need to lose 20 pounds, quit smoking, and start eating right, and exercise more. And he's not going to be nice about it. I want you to come in legally, that's all. I don't want to keep people out. I'm not, I'm not a bigot, I'm not a racist. I just want people to come in legally. I love Donald Trump! This is a podcast entitled What We Will Abide. I'm Sam Schindler. In but four weeks, the election arrives, and then it will be over. The national conversation will presumably shift away from the Donald Trump phenomenon. People will gradually stop writing about him. His now notorious quips will fade. But until that time, he's very much a part of our lives, and I wanted to figure out why that is. I wanted to uncover what it is specifically that his supporters like about him. So I went to Spooky Nook Sports Complex, which is about 15 minutes from my house, to the rally that was held for him there. As they waited patiently in snaking lines around the massive building, I spoke to a number of people decked out in Trump-Pence paraphernalia. They were overwhelmingly accommodating, willing to answer my questions and to be recorded. What I discovered is actually rather complicated, and the small sampling of the people in this country who say they're going to vote for him had diverse opinions about him. I think it's best to let them tell their own stories in their own words. Hi, who are you guys? I'm Chris. Chris? I'm Zena. Esther? So, um, why are you here today? To help Trump make America great again. Uh, Why does it... What's going wrong with it that it needs to be made good? Oh, man, it's disgusting what they're doing. Give me the top three, man. The The top top three. I will say all the illegal stuff going on in the government. I work for the federal government. Okay. And, you know, for example, the targeting of the conservatives, nothing happening. The Benghazi issue, Uh nothing happened. We don't even know where Hillary was that night, okay? Those uh, four dead Americans, unaccountable. Then the email, like I said, I work for the federal government. The email's being deleted. I get fired if I don't file my tax return. Right. Okay. She has a small business. Yep, and I think he'd be better than yep. her. He's a businessman. He man. would choke me and kill my business, and he would what make is, me... If you don't mind, what is your business? I do accounting, bookkeeping, tax. She's CPA. I'm CPA. So, and, wh- and why are you a Trump supporter? I see the shirt, and you're here. These people are old, right? They're, they're done for. I'm not all you know, talking myself. What, <laughs> why, why are um, young people, why should young people support Donald Trump? Um, because he's going to fix our future. That's what you're worried about, right, as a young yeah, person? because we're going to get taxed a lot in the future. That's what you're worried about? Yeah, yeah like 20. that he's honest. I don't care that he's not politically correct. At mm-hmm. least you know what he's thinking with her. She says one thing and she says another thing behind, so. He runs a big business, a huge business. The U.S. government is the biggest business in the world. Yeah. All i got to say is $20 trillion in debt. The scumbag president that we have right now, he's, he's run up more debt than all presidents combined. I like Donald Trump because he is completely anti-establishment. He wants to completely dismantle the Democrat and the Republican, what's, what's there that's right now, because I'm, I'm sick to death of seeing Republicans and Democrats in bed with one another. He's actually 
speaking directly right to my heart of what the issues are. And I can get behind somebody because he doesn't pull any punches, just like me. He's believable. What is one of his policies that he is proposing? The wall. Knocking out ISIS. Okay. How do these things directly affect you? My son's a Marine. I, I want our border safe. Um, it's hard to find any kind of jobs that are decent paying. I mean, I'm not saying that are legal immigrants. You know, they do take some of our service jobs, which I'm fine with, you know. They, they deserve to work legally. They deserve to work. Everybody needs vetted that comes into this country. Um, I want our borders secure. I want to feel safe. I haven't felt safe since 9-11. I like his immigration reform. That's not the main reason why I like him. I like his tax. I like his tax plan. I like the fact of something different. I feel like what we have gotten the last 16 years, Republican or Democrat, hasn't really done much progress for the country. So I feel like somebody from the outside, somebody that no, not everybody likes, is the person that will actually get things done. Are you, is this the first election that you're voting in, or have you voted before? I haven't voted before. Have you not voted before because you weren't age. of age? Yeah. Okay, so, and, but still... As you said, you look back and you see just Romney, McCain, all the same. Bush. So you're not a Republican or a Democrat necessarily. I lean Republican, but I'm not a Republican. Do you, do you mind if I ask what you do for a living? I go to college. Okay. Yeah. Are you worried about getting a job when you get out of college? No. Why not? I have confidence that God will provide me with a job. Okay. My first question is, so um, just what do you do for a living? Food distributor. And you're here today because? Work Trump. Can you... Pinpoint one particular policy of his that you really like that you think would be unique and effective? Um, boy, just about any of them. Lowering taxes from number one, but there's many more. Does it, how does that affect you directly? Um, I'm part owner of my company, small corporation, and he's claiming lower uh, from about 30%. I don't do the books. I don't know exactly where it's at. He wants to lower to 15%. And that would be more money for the owners of the company and the employees who are struggling. The whole thing with the wall, um, number one thing that really jumped out of me that day when he said he don't have time for political correctness, that was the thing that said that's my man. I was registered Republican up till mid-90s, and I switched to Independent. I actually had to register back to Republican to be able to vote for Trump in the primaries. Why'd you switch to being Independent? Sick of the Republicans, too. They... they um, uh, they, they're the ones that allow the Democrats to promote their liberalism. They all fight back. And, so, uh, that, and basically, I had to overthrow the uh, Republican Party to get to where he's at. That was fun to watch. It, was, it, was, it uh, actually was uh, fun I, to watch. I, I did not think he could do it. <laughs> and, and that's why there's many Republicans in uh, the highest up Republican Party. A lot of them are not for him because they, they know what he did. And he's not one of them. What do you expect out of a Trump presidency? A more common sense approach to governing, a more conservative approach, um, more liberties, things like that. Now, the Second Amendment's big. I mean, that, that's a real big one. It's real scary. Personally? Personally, yeah. So you're a gun owner? I'm a gun owner, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you're afraid that maybe the Second Amendment might disappear? Uh, yeah, that, that is, that's a real concern. And, um, I know the argument well that she, you know, she will not say she's attacking the Second Amendment. She, you know, I, I know what she's saying. Um, we don't believe her. It's the old slippery slope, you know. Take it, 
they, they don't, you don't need to take a Second Amendment right way to make it illegal to have a gun. It'll be actually legal, but not practical. You know, if they if they make the gun gun manufacturers liable for what somebody does with the product, will essentially make it impossible to make guns. You know, I, my biggest reason for supporting him probably is the uh, Supreme Court nominations. Or at least the one that's that's vacant. Yeah, right sure. Now. Say more about that. Um, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about her Second Amendment, and I know what Hillary's going to do. What is she? she gonna, gets, what she going to do? I think she's going to appoint liberal. I think she's going to appoint uh, people that don't um, want to follow the Constitution, and will legislate from the bench versus following uh, the Constitution. Are you a gun owner? I am. Um, I think, you know, I think the Founding Fathers were brilliant to, to put that in the Constitution. I think it, it helps keep, it's about protection, it's about protection from, from uh, crime, protect, the right to protect my family at home. Um, I'm a concealed carry uh, permit holder as well. Um, I think it's my right to, to protect them when I'm outside the home as well. Have you ever had to use it? No, no, but I do carry at times, um, mainly, mainly if we're in, in areas where there's a lot of people. You know, like a restaurant. Like or, this? Uh, well, not here. <laughs> I'd like to keep that right. You know, I'd like to not get in trouble. Sure. Um, Who would you like to see nominated? Um, I think Ted Cruz would be a, would be a great nomination. I don't think he would accept it, probably. Okay. Um, um, Mike Lee, some, some senators. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, so, so, someone that's going to follow the strict interpretation of the Constitution. Sure. I'm here to support Trump. What do you like about it? Is it is it those flashy ties, those red ties? You like those ties? <laughs> no, I just think that I trust him more than Hillary because she has told so many lies, and people need to see that and realize that Trump hasn't. So, are you at all worried for your future? Yeah. Uh, well, if uh, Clinton becomes president, she's gonna like take jobs away, and that won't be good for the future. So, what do you do for a living? Uh, I am a car salesman. My second rally, I love him. Um, I've never even been into this until he came along. I've never voted before in my life. I heard Donald Trump speak, and it just like got me so passionate right away. Can you think of one specific thing, maybe a policy that Trump has? Kind of my, like my favorite, my yeah. like the biggest thing your to favorite, me. Your favorite policy. Um, the biggest one about, I mean, keeping my wife safe and my family safe. Uh, no Syrian refugees in our country. I think is a big one. Because. Um, that, that worries me. What, what, what worries you about Syrian refugees? Terrorism. Um, I think bringing people in our country that, that we, we don't know what they're here for, who they are, what they're doing. Um, Hillary Clinton wants open borders, and I just I can't imagine that. There's no way to keep this country safe with no borders. Yeah, I mean, the economy, all that stuff's important to me, but none of that stuff matters if we're not safe. If I, have to, if I feel I need to carry a gun on me every day to be safe, and I'm worried about an attack happening at the shopping mall, that stuff worries me. You mentioned carrying a gun. Are you a gun owner? Yes. And do you, I don't know, do you carry one or... Not today, but yes. Are there specific times when you carry one versus others when you don't? Like, not today, because, you know... Anytime yeah. I can ha I'm allowed to have it on me. Um, obviously here they're not going to let you bring it in, so you don't bring it. But um, pretty much anywhere we go. I work as an administrative assistant. I'm pro-Trump. Um, I like his ideas. I like that he um, would like to bring business back into the United States, get rid of NAFTA. I think that's that was a ridiculous policy that was written under the Clinton administration, and they, they went... I'm, I'm for a wall. Why is NAFTA so bad? Uh, because it took away all of our trade. It, it took away all of our... 
and we have those policies. We still even have laws that we can charge tariffs for them to bring them back in, but we don't enforce them. And I think that that Trump will do that. He will start to bring money back into the U.S. I'm for the wall. Um, Why is that? It's not necessarily to, to it's it's to keep the so you come in legally. I want you to come in legally. That's all. I don't want to keep people out. I'm not I'm not a bigot. I'm not a racist. I just want people to come in legally. Right. So and I want them to leave when it's time for them to leave. Yeah. Other countries make us leave when it's time for us to go. I think we should do the same. Yeah. I have four children that are in college, and so they're all out looking for... How do you afford them? Yes. Yes, I know. But anyway, so so I have one that just started out, and she's looking for her job. She went into psychology. The highest pay, paying job that she can find in her field in this area was $12 an hour. And with that $12 an hour, she needs to figure out how she's going to go out and live on her own. She needs to pay her bills. She needs to pay back her financial aid that she was given. And um, and still be able to have some income that she can go out and, and do some things that would be fun. And on $12 an hour, you can't even do that. Do you think minimum wage should be raised? No. No. Well, you're laughing. Why, why are you laughing? Because it just raises the prices of everything else. I think it's actually going to take jobs away. So, if you, so I understand. Like, if you raise minimum wage, then just everything else goes up. Well, it's it's well, like they did it in Seattle. They did it in Seattle. They raised the minimum wage that those people were making fifteen dollars an hour, and it turns out that they turned around and said, "You know what? I don't actually have to work as many hours. I can work less hours and make the same amount of money or a little bit more money." So, pay twelve bucks for a hamburger. What's the matter with you? Yeah. <laughs> Some hamburgers are worth $12. Well, you got a point there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just, I like his positive attitude. I know that he's being put out in the media like he's like really a Debbie Downer for the for the country, but I feel like it's really, I feel like he's motivating. I feel like he's speaking the truth, and I think he's saying what most people already know exists. At least half of the people. I am a registered nurse. No, no bullshit. Got the classics. Last one. <laughs> because honestly, this election I feel is kind of the last to really make the difference, to make America great again, to go back to the standards that we've had. I think it's gotten out of hand. I think there's too much, for instance, there's such a racial divide. Um, you think he'll fix that? I think not that he will fix it, because I think it's it's... But again, at the same time, I think a lot of it has to do with respect. There's no respect out there. Um, there's no respect towards the police officers. There's no respect towards anybody feeling anything. There's too much to buy. Being a nurse, I see a lot of the drug, the drug population, how these kids are... Physicians, for instance, are right. It's easy to get a prescription for a narcotic. That's the number one epidemic that we have is these kids are getting hooked on opioids. Once they're done that, they're getting these drugs are coming in, heroin. I mean, it, it's cheap for them to get that. These drug cartels, these drugs coming in across the border, are it's a, it's a huge concern. And then not to mention the safety as well. At what point in American history, what would you like to go back to? At what point was great? After 9-11, for instance, okay. you saw a lot of everybody. It didn't matter. Pride. It didn't matter. Pride. That's it. That's... Everybody so cares. Low on fry right now. Yes. What do you attribute that to? Um, I think well, cell phones, <laughs> the media, um, and also honestly, the president. I think the president has come. I think he's divided us. How? 
He just seems to bring, he's bringing the races apart. Instead of keeping us together, uniting us, he's making these issues we see on the news a bigger problem, deeper than just saying, listen, we got to work together. Instead of looking at people that, you know, police are, there could be bad ones, good ones, just like anything else. You got you to gotta not break the law so they can do their job also. Because when they're doing bad, when they're doing things, they got a job to do and they do make it rough. Right. And now everybody's video recording everything. Certain things that could be bad, they're making it look a lot worse, especially when they're not putting the whole truth out first. They're making these issues instead of, you know, then getting all the facts and everything. They're putting the media out there that's... You, you blame Obama for that? Well, I blame that he could go out there and speak. And what would you like him to say? Well, he's, he's our first black president. Right. And he does speak to the black people. Right. Him going out there, getting on the, in front of the TV, speaking up, saying, listen, calm down, don't do this. And a lot of it they are doing in their communities. So I just talked to three guys, um, younger guys. Uh, two of them were black, one of them was white. They didn't want to be recorded, which I understand. I could have pushed the issue, but I didn't. Um, one of them was big. Um, the white kid and the other black kid were not as big. I heard them say as they were walking away, do you see one black person in this line? And I chased them down and I asked them who'd said that and um, they laughed about it and, and the white kid said, yeah, it was the white kid that said, do you see one black person in this line? And, um, and then I asked them why they were here and they said they were here for a football tournament and that it was an awkward experience and that they felt that, and this, the bigger guy said, it was an awkward experience because everyone was staring at him. And they were laughing but they were also kind of uncomfortable. And then they said they had to head back to Poughkeepsie, New York. So why are you here? Support Trump. Why? Because he's the only one who can put our country back together. Uh, why is it broken? Eight years of Obama. <laughs> Say more about that. True. Obama doesn't know what he's doing, and he kind of put our country out of business. He, Obamacare sucks. He made a bad deal with Iran that is probably going to end up backfiring in the end and getting a lot of Americans hurt or other countries hurt. You're afraid of Iranian terrorism? I am. Wow, okay. She better yeah. or worse than Obama? I feel like they're she's equal. Worse. I think she's worse. Why? She wants to continue what Obama started, but she's not trustworthy. She's a criminal and she has been living off of like the government all of her life, so how is she going to support people who are living on their own. Trump's different how? He knows what he's doing. He's made a business for himself and he knows how money works and how hard people work for their money. So, um, What is one thing that either of you think that one policy or one decision that Trump will make that is unique and will be effective? The wall. Yeah, <laughs> the wall. Because there's wall. so many people coming in here illegally and, and they're bringing drugs and crime. came here legally. They spent all, like, four years trying to come over here, and people just crossed the border illegally. 
how will the wall affect you personally? I'll Me? feel safer. Yeah. There's not going to be as much terrorism. Our families won't have to pay as much taxes for the people who don't have jobs coming here, so. I just support his movement on the wall. I really think we should have a wall. Say more about the wall. Uh, we should keep, the, like, the illegal Mexicans out and bring, like, make... He said we wanted to make a new, better immigration plan, and we want to have, like, make it easier. So we need to build the wall so to keep the illegals out, but we need to make it easier for the legals to come in. How does that affect you personally? I hate to be that, oh, they're taking our jobs, but kind of. Um, are you worried about getting a job when you finish school? I actually I actually have a job right now, oh. but I am kind of worried. Just a, eh, just a little bit. What do you do for a living, if you don't mind my asking? I'm a machine operator. And you're here today because? I'm here because uh, Trump is, to me, the most the first pol uh, politically incorrect person running that we've had for a long time. We need that. <laughs> Stop the political correctness, say what's on your mind, say what needs to be said, and get it done. Uh, why do you like that, personally? Because political correctness has ruined this country. You can't speak, you can't do anything without offending. Oh, sorry. Oh, I didn't mean to say that. I'm telling you, it's ruining this country. People need. It is, there's difference. There's a fine line between between being too nice and, and not saying something that needs to be said. What is one particular policy that you think that Trump will implement which will be uniquely effective for America? Immigration. That's what's killing this country. I'm not saying people should not come here, but there's a way to do it and a way not to do it. They are The people that come here and work for nothing, they're driving down our wages because they work for nothing. Well, we can't live off nothing, right? And this affects you directly how? Yes, because there's people that are coming in as temps that are willing to work for less and say, I leave, want to come back. i got to work at that lesser salary. No, I can't afford that. I'm a draft beer technician. I'm a beer plumber. Okay. So I'm the guy that gets the beer from the cooler to the tap. Well, I'm here for two reasons. Uh, one reason is support the candidate, support Mr. Trump. And the other reason is my son has been bugging me, and he's very involved, and he's 15, and he, you know, never going to shut out a 15-year-old kid that wants to get involved in the political process. Somebody said the other day, he's like a doctor with bad bedside manner. He's going to come to you and tell you you need to lose 20 pounds, quit smoking, and start eating right, and exercise more. And he's not going to be nice about it. But you know he's right. Now, he's bringing a whole different skill set. He may, he may not... His, his persona on stage, I believe, is not the same persona he has in the boardroom. No real corporate leader is a shoebanger. And, you know, there is skill in negotiation. You can either negotiate with a sledgehammer or a craftsman hammer. And I think he knows, in the end, you fine-tune it. Mm -hmm. But he is going out there. He is, he, look, everybody wrote him off in the beginning. That's true. Everybody. And every time the media attacks him, all they're doing is pouring gasoline on a fire, and they can't understand why the fire doesn't go out. It shows you the shortcoming of the mass media in this country and the fact that they are so, um, they've been so indoctrinated into that there's only one opinion. It's the opinion they want to shove down your throat. And they can't understand why this guy is catching fire. I want everything changed now, okay? I'm tired of, I've been a Democrat for a long time. Really? Okay? Now it's Did time to change. Did you vote for change. Obama in 2012? Yes, sir. Okay. But now everything is changed. I want to be in the other side now. Why? And that's the truth. What do you mean why? No cheating. Okay. Okay? Anything else? Anything else? Yeah. <laughs> Is there one particular policy that you think Trump, that's unique to him, that 
you really think will be effective? Like, really think will be effective? Yeah, that will um, make this change that you want? Uh, not that I can, not, not that I can say, I'm okay. not really sure what to say to that. One thing that he will do specifically? <laughs> I'm a financial advisor by trade. Why are you here today? Uh, I'm actually the national outreach advisor for a group called Coalition for Trump. So, why Trump? Why are you... Uh, why uh, Trump? And why put all your... Vo- I assume you, this is a volunteer gig for you. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, why, why put all your efforts into that? Uh, I believe in a representative government that is of the people, by the people, for the people. Where we're at in the world stage right now calls for a president that's going to represent us on the world stage. A uh, career politician is not what we need. Someone who's fighting for civil liberties is not what we need. That's not where we're at. Our biggest downfall right now is our position in the global economy. And that is directly represented represented by every time we have a drop in our market, the entire world takes a dump. Every time our president vetoes something, the stock goes down in China. Every time you know somebody gets reelected, you know, another country goes bankrupt. We are such a keystone country in this in this world. It's absolutely essential that we have somebody who can operate at that capacity. Somebody who can go in and smooth talk each, uh, you know, everyone else is not necessary. We need someone who can go in and be that wrecking ball, so to speak, to say, no, look, this is how we're going to do things. We're not going to continue to take advantage of each other. We're not going to continue to manipulate each other. Why is We've he... been number one for 100 years. We need to con- get back to being number one. Why is, he, why is Trump uniquely qualified to do that? Uh, I mean... Uniquely qualified only because he's standing on the stage with people who aren't qualified. There are there plenty of other people. Absolutely, Trump out of everyone else purely for his experience. He's, he's done not, business he's on not six continents. Paid for by these. Uh, well, even I mean, how he, should I say dangerous, dangerous people like the Prince of Saudi Arabia? Okay, dangerous. George George Soros, Brock, yep. and they're all tied in with the Rothschild family, which is supposed to be worth 800-some trillion dollars. It's supposed to be the world's largest, richest family. So, okay, so he's he's not in that... Oh, I really don't even care about that. I wouldn't care if he was a Rothschild. Uh, I just want... Okay. I want a person who can represent us on a global stage economically. Okay. Can you just, like, pinpoint maybe one policy that you think that he would implement... A, a, a specifically economic policy that he would implement that would do the things that you that you want to see happen? Uh, increasing trade tariffs between any nation uh, that's 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 importing or exporting goods from America. In particular, you know, when we're looking at, uh, I don't want to use Mexico, so we'll grab something else. But any any of our stuff that goes across the Pacific, there's very little money to say Toyota to bring the the cars here to sell them, whereas we're charged double the amount of money to take American-made cars to Japan. So that needs to be the other way around. If they want American-made cars, they need to pay more money to have our American-made cars, not American-made manufacturers paying more money to ship them there. So that trade tariff needs to flip. Uh, But, I mean, in particular, one item, that one alone. He's addressed it several times. I think he sees it because he's been on the private sector end of it, having to buy those goods, having to find tax loopholes so that as a businessman he can succeed he sees where the 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 area for growth is he sees where the area of failure is i think he can very easily identify where we need to make a change uh better than someone who's not been on that front brother how long where have you gone brother how long where have
As we heard, there are varying opinions on Trump as a presidential candidate. His supporters are not all sheep. At least based on what I heard from this selection of them. There are certainly themes which emerge. The wall, taxes, and a visceral hatred for political correctness. People seem to have legitimate reasons for why these things were important to them. Or, perhaps more accurately, for the most part, most of the varied swath of people I talked to were at least thoughtful about these things. But I think in the main, people like Trump because he sticks his finger in the eye of the establishment. And he's unabashed about it. No, he revels in it, and this is what they like. That Clinton is a woman serves to hone his approach and amplifies his misogyny, but I believe he'd take an axe to anyone who stood next to him on a podium. The latest on his treatment of women, the Billy Bush tape, won't serve to alienate him from his base. They simply love that he says exactly what liberals and elites don't want him to. The things they're appalled by. It's what they'd like to say to the ruling elite, those they feel abandoned by, lied to, exploited by, and stolen from. For Trump, it's all marketing, and at this point, no real message. And actually, this is the genius, because nobody really cares what he says. Despite the personal financial crises he's endured, he's actually right about being successful, because success, in this day and age, is about remaining in the public eye. His campaign strategy firmly rooted in the old adage that there's no such thing as bad publicity. Even if what you're putting out there is odious and objectionable, the fact that it's out there, and out there a lot, on every news source, in front of people every single minute of every single day, appears to be enough. That he's clearly not the perfect candidate, that he has flaws, doesn't seem to matter all that much. What counts is that he's trying. In order to initiate and sustain these conversations and make this a worthwhile endeavor, I had to do something that I learned actually has a name. Sociologist Arlie Hochschild out of Berkeley has written several books, uh, and in doing research for her latest book entitled Strangers in Their Own Land, spent four years talking to people on the right in various places around the country like Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and Kalamazoo, Michigan. To do it with empathy, to have these conversations and to get people to open up to her authentically, which was a necessary component here, she said she had to turn off her internal alarm system. She explains all of this in a recent conversation with Christopher Lydon on Radio Open Source, a program and a podcast I highly recommend. It's this approach that I used, and I found that while the initial approach was a little bit difficult. Once I got going and used her method, the conversations were pretty easy. Mostly because it meant that I could liberate myself from the pressing need to argue or correct. I was free to listen and to absorb. I tried to interview a varied group of people. I'll admit that if there was a person there who seemed to be potentially of color, I definitely talked to them. I also made it a point to try and talk to women, especially younger women, wanting to see if they would voluntarily bring up any of the accusations that have been levied at Trump for his outright sexism. Here's the bottom line, I think, or one bottom line. This election is hurting a lot of people. 
the overwhelming message that I received from the people that I spoke to, whether they were explicit about it or not, is that there is a contingent of people, a group in this country, and you can label it whatever you want to label it, whom they feel entirely estranged from. And I would say that that largely goes for the other side, who feels that these are people that they simply cannot talk to. There's another component in this, of course, and that's the news media in all of its varied forms. What is it doing? What role does it play in this poisonous abortive dialogue? Well, I think simply the media serves to exacerbate the problem, to throw grease on the fire. I say this because the media, the media, whatever that means, is so quick to point to the divisiveness in this country. Of course, if you ask me, it's all misdirection, it's all sleight of hand, it's all manufactured, and it's all meant to distract people so that their pockets continue to be emptied, so that wars continue to be fought in their name and with their bodies, so that nameless, faceless corporations can continue to pollute their resources and destroy their land. Those are things that affect all of us. Those are things that bring all of us together and put us all immediately on common ground. And those are the things that the ruling elites, such as they are, don't want us to be talking about, and they certainly don't want us to be unified on the matter. So in a way, a guy like Trump, pugnacious as he is, serves their purpose to continue to drive a stake into the fissure in this country that that keeps the volume turned up so that everything else is blotted out. I don't really like his attitude because it's just that he's a bad he's a bad pre- well he's not really president but he's a bad president. I don't want him in office. I don't want to hear that he's sitting down in the chair in the Oval Office. He doesn't want Muslims or African-Americans in the country. When you think of what a president should be like, what are some thoughts that come to mind? Protecting that country and letting people come in, but not, like, bad people. How do you decide which people are bad and which people are good? If they are probably in, like, these suits and have guns and weapons, that's probably not a good thing. Original music for What We Will Abide is by Morning Stillness. You can find episodes of What We Will Abide on iTunes at samschindler.com and now on Facebook too.